This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Holy Spirit, we thank you. It is all about you. It is never about me. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you express yourself here. Without you, this meeting is just a social gathering. We ask for your tangible, manifest presence. Today, oh God, the third day, three is the number of resurrection. Let there be a resurrection here. In the name of Jesus Christ. Begin to brood, begin to hover. Yes, he's moving, he's moving right now. Let the gust of your rushing mighty wind. Let it invade at this place. As it was in the upper room. Let your wind blow. Let your river flow. At the end of this meeting, O oh God, we vow to give you all the praise. And we vow to give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for your pastor and his wife. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming to listen, all of you, the ministers, the hospitality. You've been so wonderful. Amen. The choir. Let's put our hands together for the choir. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we are trusting God for awesome things. I thank God for my wife's friend, Sister Minister Mary. God bless you. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Amen. Just look at your neighbor and smile. Just smile. Give them an, give them an African smile. You know, yeah? You know, you know, the way we smile back home, we show the whole teeth. But here. Hallelujah. Amen. Today I'll be talking about his presence. His presence, his presence. His presence. You know, um, Moses was called to lead 
more than 3 million people out of bondage. 400 years, more than 400 years of bondage. And they came out in grand style. They came out with silver and gold and they were escorted by the pillar of God's presence. The pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. They came out looking good, smelling good. And um, yeah, Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to, um, to meet with God and to obtain the Ten Commandments. And the children of Israel begin to worship the golden calf. And God is vexed and disowns his people. Let us see Exodus chapter 32 from verse 7 to 14, the New Living Translation. Exodus 32 from 7 to... And the Lord said to Moses, Go get down for your people. God disowns his people. He says, Moses, they are your people. May God never disown us in Jesus' name. And the Lord said to Moses, Go get down for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt. God says, You brought them out. I didn't bring them out have corrupted themselves. He says, your people. You know, previously God had told Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people. But now he says, your people. And he tells Moses in verse 10, he says, now leave me alone. So my fierce anger can blaze against them and I will destroy them. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation. He says, Moses, leave me, let me kill all these people. Then I'll raise a new people. I'll raise a new, don't stand in the way. Just let me destroy these people. I'll make you a, a great person. Let me destroy them and start or raise another nation for you and make you great. Many people in the quest for greatness would have accepted this proposal. Destroy them so that I'll be great. Many are ready to walk on the back of others so that they'll be great. But God was testing Moses to see whether he really loved the people he was called to lead. You know, many leaders love numbers, but not people. This was a test. Let me, let, me, let me kill all these people. Moses, I'll make you great. I'll start afresh with you. But it was a test. In verse 11, Moses besought the Lord on behalf of the people. He says, God, why are you so angry against your people? They are not my people. Whom you brought out of Egypt. Say, but Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. Oh Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people? They are not my people. They are your people. Whom you brought? I didn't bring them out. You brought them out. This was really humility. You know, many times people will say, oh, I brought them out. I brought them out. It's, it's, it's my anointing. Moses said, you brought them out. They are your people. Hallelujah. In verse 32, in verse 32, Moses says, kill me if you don't forgive them. 
She said, kill me. Moses was behaving like a nagging wife. This was a love affair. He said, if, if, you, don't, if you don't spare these people, kill me. He so loved God that he knew God would not have the guts to kill him. He said, kill me if you don't bring these people out. Hallelujah. So now God sees that Moses really loves the people. It wasn't about numbers. You know, many will boast, oh, we are three million uh, people strong. He says, if you don't spare the lives of these people, kill me. So when he passed that test, now God now begins the second test. Let's open our Bibles to Exodus 33 from verse 23. This second test, God wants to see how much Moses loves him. How much. The first test was about people. The people's test. Now the second test was about God's presence. Because if you love somebody, you really love the presence of the person. Right? You want to be around the person. So he says to Moses, he says, uh, okay, Moses, um, you have prayed, I will spare the people. But I will no longer come with you. I will not be in the camp anymore. No more pillar of fire by night or pillar of cloud by day. No more pillar. He says, Moses, you will take the people to the promised land. They will still make it to the promised land. Because I vowed to Abraham, to their fathers. They will still succeed. They will still prosper but I will not come with you. Rather, I will send an angelic escort. No more pillar. This was a test to see whether Moses really loved God's presence. You know, coming from 40 years, more than 400 years in the wilderness. Moses was in the wilderness for 40 years. This sounded so good. He says, look, you will prosper. I will send you into a land flowing with milk and honey. You will lead three million people. There will be angels around. Many will say, oh, this, this is just a blessing. Many will boast about leading three million people. They will boast about the angels. They will boast about the uh, um, prosperity ahead. But Moses says no. Moses says no. In verse 7, let's see verse 7. In verse 7. Moses now leaves the camp. He leaves the camp and erects a tent called the Tabernacle of Congregation or the Tent of Meeting. He erects a tent here outside the camp. God says, I'm leaving the camp. No more pillar of fire by night or pillar of cloud by day. Moses says no. Moses now begins to intercede for God to come back to the camp. Moses loved God's presence. Some people love the presence of God. But Moses said no. No, it's not about prosperity. It is about your presence. Can somebody shout Hallelujah. God is omnipresent. He's present everywhere. He says, where two or more are gathered, he says, there will I be, right? Uh -huh. 
Moses wasn't after his omnipresence. God is everywhere. God is, God is everywhere. There's nowhere God is not. But Moses wanted the pillar of God's presence, his tangible, manifest presence, the presence that could be seen. Hallelujah. Amen. He wanted God's presence to be known. Am I talking to somebody here? God is everywhere. God is in your office. God is everywhere. But the, the tangible presence, the manifest, the, the weight of his presence. Hallelujah. You know, Moses was seeking that. So Moses begins to intercede for God to return to the camp. Moses behaved like a true loving wife who prefers her husband's presence over his presence. When you really love God, when you're in love with God, you want his presence over his presence. Hallelujah. Amen. So, now in verse 9, the pillar was no more in the camp. The pillar was no, no longer in the camp. Three million people, no presence. But the pillar of God follows one man to the tent of meeting. The pillar follows a man who is so hungry for God's presence. So it is never about the number of your congregation. God will follow a man who is hungry for him. Am I talking to somebody? So no more pillar in the camp of three million people. And he now follows a man to a tent who is seeking God's face. Hallelujah. It's not about the number. It's not about the size of your cathedral. It's about your hunger for God's presence. God is at the mercy of your hunger. He does nothing. He says, blessed are those who hunger and test after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you're not hungry for his presence, he doesn't come. He doesn't fill you up. A child that is hungry will suck the breast with so much intensity. But a child that is full will play with the nipples. Satan attacks your hunger. He wants you to come to God's table complacent. You see, God does nothing. He doesn't pour out if you're not hungry. You must be so hungry and pant for his presence like David. Am I talking to somebody here today? So what are you panting for? Are you panting for money? Are you panting for mundane things? God wants you to pant for his presence. Hallelujah. Amen. So the pillar follows, follows uh, Moses outside the camp outside the camp into and, 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 and shows up at the tent in verse 11 and the Bible says the Bible says that the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face everybody say face to face face to face as a man speaks to his friend as a man speaks to his friend face to face you know I want a face to face relationship with God hallelujah well, lovers, you see, there's some, when you're in love, amen, when you're in love, you, you, you express your affection, you know, through face-to-face, -face. amen, amen. And many people want a face-to-hand relationship. You're looking at God's hand as if he's a sugar daddy, but God wants a face-to-face. -face. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Hallelujah. You know this song? Oh Lord, you're beautiful and your face is all I see and when your eyes are on your grace have to me. Your face is all I see. It is, it is a love affair. Many look at God's hands, you know, but God wants a face-to-face -face relationship. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, lovers, they enjoy, they enjoy eye contact. Amen. When you're in love with somebody, you know, a face-to-face, -face, a face-to-face -face relationship, you know, face-to-face, -face. not online now, but on-site. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say face-to-face. Face-to-face. Amen. And God says to Moses, he says, I know you by name. I know you by name. And, and you have found favor in my sight. Now in verse 13, Moses says, show me now thy way that I may know thee. Hallelujah. This was a love affair. He says, show me thy way that I may know you. Show me, uh, show me your way. Hallelujah. Knowing God's way is the key to uh, knowing and understanding him. Show me your ways. Uh, show me your, I want to know your nature. I want to know your character. I want to know your likes, your dislikes, your habits. I want to know how you like your coffee with milk or without milk. I want to know how you, how you like your, your steak. Is it half done or, 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 or well done? Hallelujah. You know, when the person wants to have a serious relationship, they begin to, they want to know the ways of the person. Hallelujah. When you want to get married, you know, you really want to understand the person. Many are not really interested in uh, knowing God or understanding God. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 7, he made his ways on, known to Moses, his character, his, his nature, but his acts, his miracles to the children of Israel. Many people want miracles, they want breakthroughs, but they don't want to know the ways of God. They don't want to know the ways of God. They prefer breakthrough. They pray for miracles. But God, Moses said, Lord, I want to know your ways. I want to know what makes you angry. I want to know what you love. Hallelujah. I want to love what you love. I want to hate what you hate. Say, so let me know your ways. Many marriages are, are having problems because people don't take time to, to understand the ways of each other. Uh, many are so interested in, in physique and uh, you know, sexy eyes and hips and um, um, six-pack or how much you have in your bank account. But it's always good to understand the ways of your spouse the ways. Am I communicating with somebody? Hallelujah. So Moses, Moses, really, Moses really loved God. Let's see verse uh, 14. Let's see verse 14. And he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. Hallelujah. My presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. Everybody say rest. 
Hallelujah. Rest, rest. I'll give you sleep. I'll give you joy. I'll give you rest. Rest is a very scarce commodity. Uh, many people go to bed, but they don't rest. It says, I'll give you rest. Hallelujah. Rest. When you have rest, you sleep well. You know, rest. Joy. You know, rest. Many don't have rest. Restless. They move from one state to the other. Like uh, Fulani Hitsman. Wondrous. No rest. You, you left your country, you were complaining. You come to America, you're complaining. When you were single, you were complaining. You're married now. As if your husband will give you rest or your spouse. Rest can only be found in God. Hallelujah. You, you, you just hop from one church to the other. You say you're looking for a good church. Uh, but once you enter that church, the church ceases to be a good church. If it was a good church. You see, what are you looking for? Rest. You see, rest, rest. You know, you can never find rest outside of him. God created man and gave man a God-shaped vacuum. Only he can feel that vacuum. No sleep. Restlessness. Husband is restless. Wife is restless. The pets are restless. Everywhere, restlessness. Peace. Peace. You know, people look for nations, go to the United Nations to look for peace. But peace is not, this, it's not the absence of war. Uh, peace is a person, the prince of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. Without him, there is no peace. Can somebody say amen? amen. Without him, there is no rest. May you receive rest in the name of Jesus. You will find rest in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He says, I will give you rest. Rest of mind. I'll give you sleep. Many sleep on expensive beds. Go on vacation but no rest. You know, I was, I was telling him on Friday that um, if Michael Jackson could sleep, he would still be alive today. With all his money. You know, with all his money, he couldn't sleep. And if I tell me of you to sleep now, you doze off. Some people are, are struggling to keep their eyes open. And that is a blessing. Because as a psychiatrist, uh, they, they, one of the things I treat the most is insomnia. No, no sleep. You know, if you go to my country, you know, underneath the bridge, you see, you see poor people sound asleep, snoring with traffic, you know, sleeping. You know, Sleep. Sleep. Everybody say sleep. sleep. You will sleep well in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see the next scripture. And he said unto them, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Moses says, If you don't come with us, we are not going anywhere. If your presence does not go with us, we're not going anywhere. Says, if you don't show up in church, we'll shut the church. Moses was saying, in essence, it is not about making it to the promised land. It's not about getting a big job. It's not about coming to America. If you don't come with me, we are bought the, the mission. 
if you don't come with me, forget about, if you don't come with us, forget about the promised land. Forget about the milk and honey. We don't want angels, we want you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moses was so hungry for God's presence. He says, let us abort the mission. I was in the wilderness for 40 years. It's a privilege to lead more than 303 million people. But if you don't come with me, if you don't come with us, we are not going anywhere. Let's see verse 16. It says, For where we, it says, Wherein shall it be known that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? It says, So shall we be separated. It says, I am thy people from all. He says, he, he was saying in essence, how will the people know, other nations know that we're your people? Is it not your presence? So he was saying, your presence is our identity. Your presence is our identity. He says, that is a distinguishing factor, your presence. Your presence. I want to walk into a place and people say, you are a man of God. Hallelujah. There must be a difference. You call yourself a believer and you walk into a place just like an ordinary person. Let them know the difference. When you walk into a place, let there be an atmospheric change. When you sing, let the climate change. You know, in Acts chapter 4, verse when they saw the disciples, they took note that they had been with Jesus. He said, when you're around somebody, you begin to smell like a person. Let them know. He says, how else? It's not the size of your church. It's not your denomination. Let your presence be identity. Today, I prophesy that you'll be known for the presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You'll be known for the presence of God. Amen. You'll be a carrier of his presence. Amen. A carrier of his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, a carrier of his glory. The glory of God is different from the anointing of God. When God anoints a person, if God anoints you right now to lay hands on barren women and they become pregnant, Right? Now God, that is God operating through you. That's the anointing. But the glory is when God, when God comes down himself to do the work. So right now, you, you can't lay hands on 5,000 people. But you prefer for God to come down and begin to touch people. That's the glory. The glory comes with the atmosphere of God. You see, in Acts chapter 3, Peter healed the, uh, the lame man. That was the anointing. But in Acts chapter 5, when he was walking, he didn't have to touch people. That, that is the glory. Hallelujah. The shadow, his shadow. Hallelujah. Where did he obtain God's shadow? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow. When you're a carrier of God's glory, when you move, people are falling. Because it is God touching them. Hallelujah. Anytime the glory of God descends, 
Because, you know, many times we stand in the will of God. You know, we stand in the will. We, we, we become humanistic. But God wants to descend and do the work. You know, in Second Chronicles, I think, chapter 5, when the instrumentalists and the choir, they were in one accord, the Bible says the glory of God descended and the priests could not minister. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, it says that after, verse 1, after Solomon had finished praying and giving an offering unto the Lord, he says, the glory of God. He said, when Solomon had made an end of praying, he said, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering. Where after praying, prayer opens the heavens. You know, we pray and the heavens open, right? But what brings fire down is the sacrifice of the altar. The reason why Many churches are fireless. Many believers are fireless. They don't carry fire. It's because there's no sacrifice. They pray all night. They're on five prayer lines. But there's no sacrifice. What attracts God is a sacrifice. You see, anytime God sees a sacrifice, you remember in the days of Elijah on Mount Carmel, there was drought and famine. No water. But Elijah poured, wetted the altar with water. That was a sacrifice because water was scarce. And the fire of God came down and was leaking the water. That is how God is testing for your sacrifice. He said, present your body as a living sacrifice. In Psalm 50 verse 5, he said, gather unto me those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. He says, bring together those who have sworn to sacrifice unto me. Christianity is not, is not cheap. The price to pay. Hallelujah. There's a price to pay. In the occultic, people in the occultic, when, when they want money, huh, they are ready to sacrifice their manhood. There's a price to pay. Am I talking to somebody here today? Hallelujah. God had to test Abraham. He had to test Abraham. You know, after he gave Abraham his son Isaac, and maybe Abraham was spending so much time uh, with his son, and was taking God's time, and God was jealous. God is always jealous. Exodus 34. Bible says he's a jealous God. And God says, okay, Abraham, that was a test. Take your only son whom you love and go and sacrifice him. God, God will always want to see because he says, you worship me with your mouth, but your heart, your heart. God is after the heart. God is a cardiologist. He's not moved by what you say. You can be saying something, but your heart is saying something different. Hallelujah. He said, go and sacrifice your only son. It was a test. And when Abraham wanted to sacrifice his son, he says, now I know. He says, now I know that what you've been saying, you really mean it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's see verse 17. Exodus. Yeah. He says, how will people know that we are your people? How will people know? Then he says in verse 18, he says, I beseech thee, show me your glory. 
He says, God, I want to see all of you. He was so hungry. He was not satisfied with the face-to-face and, and all the, all the uh, encounters he had had earlier. He says, show me your glory. Everybody says, show me your glory. Hallelujah. He wanted, to, he wanted to, to, to experience the weight of God, the cupboard of God, the weight, the atmosphere of God. The glory of God is the atmosphere. God dwells in the realm of glory. He said, show me your glory. When the glory of God descends, the atmosphere of heaven descends. When the glory, God said in Matthew 6, when you pray, say, pray thy kingdom come. Say, for thou is the kingdom, the power and the glory. The glory of the atmosphere. When you sing, the glory of God descends. And when the glory of God descends, the atmosphere of heaven descends. In heaven, there are no drug addicts. There are no prostitutes. So it becomes on earth as in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. In heaven, in heaven, there's no sickness. In heaven, when the glory realm, the glory descends, in that dimension, there's no time. There's no time. It's a timeless zone. So when the glory of God descends, time is eliminated. What should have taken you... 30 years can take you three seconds. There's divine acceleration when the glory of God descends. When the glory of God descends, things begin to happen. The reason why people are still living in sin, despite the fact they've, had a, they, they, they've given their lives to Christ, is because they've not had an encounter with the glory of God. Saul, nobody preached to Saul. On his way, on his way to Damascus, right? Uh, to, to persecute Christians. One encounter with the glory of God changed him. One encounter. Nobody preached to him. The chief persecutor became the chief apostle. I pray that you will have an encounter with the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet. Let's rise to our feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.